Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Backwoods Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Hollis Morin, and today I have a very special guest to talk on the show with us, a little about the side of football that I think does never get enough credit. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the man, the myth, the legend, the place kicker for the Albany Empire, Craig, the leg, Peterson. How are you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. Always a good time. And first and foremost, I want to come off by saying congratulations on your week three performance, hitting 11 of 12 PATs, breaking not only a franchise record, but also tying the NAL record as well. That's amazing. Congratulations. How did that game go? What was all the feelings going into it? And um, once you got in a groove, man, that must have been awesome. Yeah, no, it's always a good feeling, uh, you know, when you can go perfect for a game. Um, I know the stat line doesn't show that. It says 11 for 12. Uh, I had one blocked, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, I had, to, I had to yell at the old line for a quick second there. But uh, we, we got yeah, things. Get them right. <laughs> <laughs> the film doesn't lie, man. The film does not lie. No. So uh, we got that straightened out. Things, things went well. Um, but, yeah, you know, when you're in a groove like that, you know, as a kicker, and I'm sure you know this, you know, mentally, you know, you go into the game – not thinking anything other than making every single kick, you know, whatever comes your way, you know, you're prepared for that. And every kick that you have to take, you're going to make. So I, I think another, another thing about that game, uh, it was against my old team. You know, I've yep. never played against a former team before. And that was a first for me throughout my career. Uh, you, you know, I won a national championship with the, uh, with the Carolina Cobras. And that was the first time ever playing a former team. So that gave me a little bit more, uh, a little bit more edge. You know what I mean? That, sure. I was, I was determined to make sure I had a great game. Yeah. Um, I understand I didn't hand any deuces, which is very rare. But lo and behold, you know, I had a great game. Obviously, broke a franchise record, uh, beating out uh, Adrian Trevino's. Uh, I think, it, I think he had 10, 10 yeah. one game, and uh, I was able to beat his record to set a new record now. And uh, you know, I was very grateful for that. Just going in with the same game plan. And uh, once once we start feeling it, we start scoring again, 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 just hitting the extra point after extra point. I think their kicker missed. I think he missed two or three extra points that game, and just the momentum that that you know that's a that's a momentum swinger. It's a it's a game changer when when either a kicker you know keeps making his extra points, um, or or missing them, and it, it could go either way. So you know I was just fortunate enough to be on that end of the stick, and uh, you know we were on the right team to to keep that momentum going. Yeah, for sure, man. And I kind of always thought in the same way. I mean, the first time I stepped indoors, seeing how small those field goal posts were was a little like, whoa, what's going on here? But um, I mean, going through a couple games on my side, I, I kicked pretty well. I think it was like 70 something percent or whatever. I mean, I wasn't out there all the time. We like to go for two a lot. We scored a lot like you guys do because your your team is just outstanding with all stars just filled out. But um, you would always see the other team, they would score a touchdown and they'd, you know, one or twice, they'd pull the kicker out there and he would make maybe one of them sometimes. A lot of them would look real bad. And then the rest of the game, they're going for two the whole time. Right, right. <laughs> it almost kind of shook them up a little bit and got them on their heels the rest of the game, all that. And it, it really does, you know, having all three phases of the game going well really shows in the whole product in the end. That's for sure. Yeah. Just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, that that's something that happens sometimes. And I don't think some coaches realize how important the kicking game is. Because if your kicker, if the, if there's a kicker, you know, let's just take that game for instance, um, against the Cobras, where the the kicker's making all of his kicks, and their kicker all of a sudden misses one. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it was twenty one twenty one. 
I think it was 21-21 or 14-21, and then they scored, and then it, it missed the kick, and it was 20-21, to right? Yeah. So I think we scored again to make it 28, 28-20, and then when they scored again, he missed another one. So oh, then it man. was, I think it was, I think it was seven, 14. So I think they had 19 points. I think he was one of three at that point. Yep. So now if it's 28 to 19, they scored again to make it what? 20, uh, 25, right? Yeah. So now it's 25, 28. And they're thinking, do we go for two or do we try to kick it again? Exactly. And they went for two and they missed it. So that's how important the kicking game is in arena football, because once you miss that one or two extra points, you're trying to play catch up the rest of the game. And then you have to start going for two. It's not, it's not as easy as you think going for two points. You know what I mean? That two point conversion is not easy. That's why the red zone offense is is also not that easy, especially if you have a fullback that can't run. Yeah, for sure. And then now you're playing catch up. So now you go for two, you don't get it. Now you're almost down a whole possession, right? So it, it just, it's a game changer, man. If you, if you can have a kicker in the arena game, that's consistent and solid. Um, it, it really does change games. Yeah, that's for sure, man. And it's, it's crazy to see some of the teams out there. Like you said, it's, it almost gets like an analytical standpoint where they start missing and the coach is sitting there almost in his own head, kind of like a kicker would be most games and they're not doing well. And, you know, thoughts just running, like, do we go for it? Do we not go for it? Do we, you know, try to onside it the next time with some other guy that's maybe doesn't even kick, but we can just get the ball to, you know, bounce right. And, you know, it really, you start playing that mind game and, you know, arena, I feel like if you're thinking a little too much, you're probably like 10 steps behind. And like, you know, as well as anyone else in these arena leagues, you can score in what, five, 10 seconds. Some drives are just boom, one play done down the field, kicking the ball back to the other side. And like you said too, before about the deuces, man, you get a touchdown, you get a deuce on top of it. You're just, you know, you're putting that team in, in their bed for the night, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it just happened last game when we played the Predators. They were up 20 to nine and their kicker had missed one extra point already. So they should have had 21 and I hit a deuce after our first touchdown. So it was yep. nine to 20. So we scored again and I believe that made it. So you had nine plus the seven, which was 16, right? Yeah. So now we got 16 points and they scored again. He missed another extra point. So it was 26 to 16. We score again, hit another deuce. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it changes the entire aspect of the game. It should have been, I think we had 20, we had 32 points at halftime, yeah. which was two deuces and all the extra points were made. So four for four extra points and two deuces. They had 20, I believe 27 points, or I'm sorry, 26 points at half when they should have had, um, what was it? 30. So it's 27 to 32 and he missed, or it's 26, 32 and he missed two extra points. So instead of, instead of it being a tie game, yeah, you have a kicker who's missed two extra points and has hit no deuces and a kicker who hit all his extra points and two deuces. That's literally was that five? Was that six points? Five, yeah. six points? Thirty-two? Yeah. That's a five possession points. game, for sure. That's a it's a possession, and I ended up hitting three. That's a that's a touchdown right there. So I'm telling you, the, the kicking game, man. The, the difference between going into the half tied and going into the half with a five point lead was the kicking game. That's special teams. So 
it's huge, man. It's, I, I can't, I can't stress it enough. Yeah, man, for sure. I've always felt that way. And a lot of coaches won't say that, but they, uh, they always like to defer to the other two and they're like, Oh, you guys do what you do over there. You're just kicking anyway. You know, I've heard all the stories, <laughs> but, um, to get back here, bringing it way back to your childhood. So how was it like for you? I know you're on the empire now, but growing up in, uh, Burnt Hills, New York, uh, your younger years. And when more or less, did you realize you kind of wanted to do something professionally in this area of football? So, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's crazy. Cause growing up, uh, you know, I played soccer, you know, practically my entire childhood and I was on several different teams, you know, high school travel, and then, uh, just like a club team uh, called black. I feel like it's all of us kickers that come from that background. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I never played, I never played high school, uh, high school football. I actually didn't end up playing college football either, but with that being said, I was playing soccer, you know, my whole life up until, up until college. And I always said that I was going to play professional soccer. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a professional soccer player, you know, growing up, like nonstop. Like, that's what I was going to do. That was my career. That was it. And it's just crazy how it ended up the way it did, um, not even knowing that I was going to be playing football in general. Uh, but just growing up, man, that's soccer was it. That was my life. You know, that was uh, it was it was a lifestyle for me. And, you know, not only – did I, I, I not think about, you know, playing football. I, I thought soccer was it. So until I got to college is when I actually realized that, you know, I, I could, I could do this whole football thing over a bet that I had with a couple of friends in Albany. And, okay. you know, long story short, that that's just how, you know, we were watching a preseason football game and uh, you know, the jets were playing kicker missed a 50 yard field goal. I said, I could probably do that. These guys get paid millions of dollars. They called me out. We, we run over to Albany High. I hit the field goal on a whim. And, uh, you know, it kind of just all started with that. So uh, it just it's funny because this kid just hit me up today on Instagram, and he was the Cortland kicker for the last four years. And um, I was like, oh, oh, you're an alumni or whatever, and I didn't know he was the kicker yet until, you know, I asked him. I'm like, oh, and I looked at his page a little bit, and he looked like he was a kicker. So – He's like, oh, you didn't kick at Corlin? I was like, no. I was like, I just went to school there. <laughs> but we started talking back and forth, and you know, he didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah, I didn't play. I didn't play football until I uh, started with the uh, Tampa Bay Storm. Yeah. So you know, just growing up, just kind of crazy with your question. Um, yeah. I didn't even know I was going to play until a bet happened, and then I actually got. I tried out for Corlin my senior year. Um, cause it was in, it was in August when we were watching a preseason game when that happened. And I went back to school for my senior year uh, in September and I tried to be a walk on and they cut me and I didn't even make the team. So I told him that and he was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, he was going crazy. Cause he's like, wow. And then I, I said something about coach McNeil and he didn't even realize, you know, what he had in front of him, you know? Yeah. And I, I know I wasn't as good as I am now, yeah. um, but I still had, I had something to offer that team. And, and he was like, you know, we didn't recruit you. It's like, it's a D three school. You yeah, know what I, mean? no, I, I hear you on that <laughs> one, man. State, you know, it's, it's crazy. So Jeez. that was what really, really drove me, man. That was what really uh, fueled my fire. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do this a hundred percent. And uh, you know, that's when I finally said, you know, I'm going to try and become a professional football player. Well, that's awesome, man. And shoot. Um, I heard about the story about the bet a little bit through an article I'd read, but that's an awesome story, honestly. And it kind of, in a way, I'm not nearly as good as you, but that connects us in some way. 
just my small arena experience. I've never played college either. I tried to do this last year, but family and a lot of work stuff got in the way. So I took myself away from it. Um, but I mean, that's an awesome thing, man. And like, I always kind of felt, I always went to the AFL tryouts, the Philadelphia soul, a couple different other ones. Um, definitely always felt like the little kid in the room. There's like six, seven old linemen out there and like huge six, four receivers. <laughs> and I'm just this like little five, 10 dude that's running routes and like, Hey, you guys have kicker tryouts too, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I mean, that's an awesome story though, man. And Hey, out of, out of all the kickers in the, in the whole world, really, like you're one of the bigger ones. So, I mean, that's, that's really speaks volume, man. You got a big body on you with a, with a good leg. That's for sure. The uh, Craig the Leg stamped has definitely stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that was honestly something I always took a lot of pride in, man, was my work ethic. Yeah. And it be, being my size, you know, I was never this big. You know, I didn't really work out that much. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I was in shape, but I wasn't really like this. I wasn't built like this. Yeah. So I had to work really hard to look the way I do. And that was another thing that I really wanted to show, you know, coaches and scouts is that, you know, not, I, I fit, I fit the mold, right? So I'm six, three, you know, 220. I used to be like 200 pounds, maybe even a little bit less. So I started lifting, getting my body right, getting in shape. Then I really started to be able to hit the ball as well as I do now and get that distance and that height on the ball. And it shows, you know, you look at, if you look at it, like, Oh, he looks like an athlete. You know what I mean? I always wanted, uh, you know, for, you know, coaches, scouts to see that and think that because it was just, it would have been something that, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten not, not credit for. I just wouldn't have been looked at like that. For sure, you know what yeah. I mean? So they look at me. It's like, oh, you know, he's just another kicker. No, this is a kicker who's a big body. You know, he can last the whole season and, uh, you know, he can get the job done and he's got a big leg. Exactly. So that was something I, I always took care of my body. I always did, you know, try to do the right things to, uh, you know, maintain and, you know, always keep my strength up. And I, I I'm still doing that to this day. And I think that, it, it shows, you know what I mean? It shows in my mm-hmm. game. It shows, it shows over the course of my career. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep doing, doing what, uh, what's best for, for my body and, you know, for my career. For sure, man. And, um, I, along the same lines, whenever I was doing, you know, more of my heyday of kicking and stuff, always working out, making sure I was good with the meal prep, getting the right sleep. I think a lot of people really tend to, um, take, you know, the kicker, punter position, all those specialists as kind of like for granted. And they like, like, there's a lot of years where, heck man, I could punt the ball and I'm an old style punter. I, I used to do both kicking and punting and I'd always do the coffin corner. And man, I could nail that thing in between like the 10 to the, you know, the goal yeah. line a lot of the times and it would either land perfect or go right out of bounds, whatever it may be. And people, oh, I love that. I get the back half of the year. And some years where I wasn't as on top of my own body as I was, you'd see me start to deteriorate and the ball would drop back at like the 15 or, you know, rest down to the 10 and oh, right. getting them is good. And I'm like, well, that is maybe how many times I've been using a year, but well, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my next question up in here for you though. So biggest thing from, you said you, how you didn't kick any high school, nothing like that. Now I only did one year of high school before I went and did semi-pro and that whole route. How was it for you? Even, at all remotely kicking on big uprights, like you said in your bet you had, to sizing it down in those arena uprights. Because when I did it, I felt like I could kick the perfect A ball every time, and you'd still see it just taper a little bit off to the side and hit at least hit the post. That's a good question because yeah. I 
I went through a lot in trying to simulate that, mm-hmm. you know, those, those uprights. Cause I'm telling, I, I mean, you know, obviously know, but for people that don't like actually know that been there, yes, they look small when you're in the stands, but when you get on the field, if you, you know, cause I love how the fans are able to come on the field after the game yeah. then they can really see what we're looking at in a game. Yep. You don't really appreciate it until you're on the field looking at these uprights. Cause not only are they nine feet wide, but they're also 15 feet high. Yeah. I think people forget that too. It's not like outside where it's only 10 feet high. So it, man, I went through so, so, so many things, but just to, to keep it, to keep it simple. Um, you know, when I moved to Orlando originally yep. and I, I knew I had to do something, and it was either going to be the CFL route or the AFL route um, to get noticed. Cause I knew the NFL, I couldn't just go straight to the NFL. I knew that wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? That would, For sure. that would have been just too difficult that the regional combines, they stopped doing. So yeah. I couldn't go to those anymore. Um, so I came down here, I moved down here in my car and uh, I actually started kicking at a high school and it was called Bishop Moore. It was, a, it was actually a Catholic school. And I ended up talking, I ended up getting kicked off the field. First of all, that's a whole story in itself because <laughs> I'm not allowed to be there. It's a private school. That happened to me many I, times too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got kicked off the school or kicked out of the school. And I'm like, you know, I, I, let me talk to someone. Let me talk to the AD or something. So me and the AD are actually good friends now. And we made an agreement. I told him my whole story. You know, I'm trying to get on a team. I just moved down here. So I would, he let me use that brand new field. It was turf field, real nice. Um, any day I wanted to use it, I just had to email him and let him know when I was going to be on the field, but it couldn't be after school. It had to be during the school. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. But it was when nobody was going to be on the field and it couldn't be after school because obviously the kids would be using the field. For sure. I'd go there in the morning. I'd go there eight, nine o'clock in the morning, use the field. And what I started doing, knowing that I, I needed to start doing the, the narrow uprights, I started kicking from the side. And all I would do is kick at the, from the side of the uprights to the pole. Oh, so like baseline. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Okay. So that got boring. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I, I practice those enough, that and it's like you get almost mad after a while. <laughs> yeah, that gets boring. But it, uh, let me tell you that that's like target practice, right? So, yeah, yeah, you could get very good at doing that, which is good. So then I got on another – there's another field there, and there's those movable uprights that have the two wheels on them that you can move them. Yep. I I moved that and it was a it was a grass field. I moved that to a pole and I simulated, so I did my steps, right? And I did eight feet instead of nine. So it was a little bit, little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And it looked kind of weird. So the pole was like this high, right? And then the upright was like this. <laughs> so you you, could, you know, you could still know if the kick was good or not. And then mm-hmm. all I used to do was was back up 18 yards, which is an AFL extra point. And I just started doing that. So I would swap every other day. I'd go, I'd do my target practice work. And then I would go to the other field and I would fix the upright and do my eight, my eight foot upright um, target practice as well, just to get used to that, you know, those small uprights and just kind of, you know, get more of a visualization. So when you do, if, and when you do step on the field, you're used to it, you know, you, it's like you've been there before. Yeah, so that's sure. how that's how I used to. Uh, long story short, sorry. I, I mean, I could talk for days about yeah. that, but that's how I used to practice, man. And you know, it, the film is important too. It's just as important, I think. So, you know, getting that kind of film, working working on target practice, 
you know, simulating some type of uprights that are just as small, if not smaller, you know, definitely makes you a better kicker, more accurate kicker at that. Yeah, that's for sure, man. I'm, I've had Patriots season tickets for most of my life, so I always remember even just walking in before the games, you see, you know, the practice field, and they have those tiny uprights and everything. And, I mean, I would always simulate back here at home in Woodstock at my old high school field. The kind of the same thing, I'd actually take a lacrosse net and flip it upwards for the point to be up, and I'd stick that thing, like, right in front of me so I could actually get the ball to hike up better and get height on it. Because I used to, coming over from soccer, I'd have that wide out swing and it would always leave a low drive, which, you know, in high school, nobody was blocking my kicks. It was whatever. But once I got out of high school, I needed to at least get that thing up over the line because you had, you know, a lot bigger bodies and dudes that were actually trying to block you. <laughs> so that's for sure. And I can totally relate on that. But oh, yeah. um, into my next hey. question, though, man, one of the ones that I thought was the coolest. Um, so how was it playing in the AFL before everything obviously fell through? Uh, you were there at the Columbus Destroyers. I remember watching you for a couple games, man. It was it was energizing to watch. Yeah, Columbus, they honestly, first off, they treated you first class. They were, yeah. Everything was first class in Columbus. You know, we had great apartments that we had to live in that they that they uh, let us house in. Um, nationwide arena, great arena, you know, where the Columbus Blue Jackets also play. It was home to them, too. Uh, the fans, man, second to none. They, you know, everything was first class. The fans loved us. We had a good crowd. Um, you know, the Destroyer's name in general, you know, that's a, that's an old school name. Yep. So bring, bringing that back was really exciting for the city and for the fans. Um, you know, being in the AFL just in general is, is a great experience. I think, uh, I think a, a big reason for my success when I started with the Tampa Bay storm, <laughs> that was, we had one of the best fan bases, the biggest fan bases in all of arena football, you know, we averaged, I think 13,000 fans my rookie year. So being put in that atmosphere right off the rip, never playing before what I think was good for me because now when I go and play in these arenas and, you know, even Jacksonville, you know, eight, eight to 10,000, it's, it's like, it's nothing. You know what I mean? It It really, it doesn't really affect me. Like it would somebody who's like, Holy crap. Like, you know, you're used to a couple hundred people watching you. Now all of a sudden you got 10, 12,000 people watching screaming. It's uh, it's a different atmosphere. So being accustomed to that so early in my career, I think helped me out a lot. And, you know, being in the AFL is just, it's first class, man. It's, it was a great league. You know, I hope it comes back, but being in Columbus, it, you know, you're right near Ohio state. So, you know, there's always scouts there. There's always people watching you. You got some big names that are always there. I, you know, I met Eddie George in a classroom um, wow. from a kid, a kid that I met out there. Yeah, so it was, it was a good experience. And, um, you know, we had our practices at the Bo Jackson facility, which is a phenomenal facility to work at. And um, they just had everything. You know, they had anything that we needed, they had. And uh, all you had to do was ask, and they, and they would supply us with it. So the resources were top-notch there. But, um, you know, Columbus, Columbus is a, gr- a great city, great place to be. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate everyone there. And it was a great place to play. That's awesome, man. And I know that's um, sometimes in arena, you don't get exactly the same treatment. Some teams don't have as much money and flexibility and, you know, can't get the top notch everything, which not everyone's looking for top notch. Sometimes you're just looking to at least get what you need. Um, but I mean, I think that's a lot with the lower leagues and everything. And as you were saying before, the last news I've heard about the AFL was 2023. So I'm hoping and praying as a child, I used to watch the AFL and NFL Europe and, 
you know, just seeing all those kind of have their own mini successes is how I always word it. Um, I'd love to see the AFL back, man. It, there's just, honestly, to me, there's nothing like it. It's nice seeing these leagues, IFL and the NAL, and I've always loved them. I, I love watching the Pirates um, as well themselves, but man, there's nothing like the AFL. That was, that was so much fun to watch, really. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I hope it comes back, man. I really do. I, I, I miss it. It was fun. It's exciting. Yeah. I, I, if there's anything that they could change that I, personally I would want them to change, Keep the nets, the rebound nets, right? The oh, yes. Yellow, but but incorporate the deuce roll. Yes, right? for sure. Yeah. Keep the nets, incorporate the deuce roll, because it really does make that kicking position so much more valuable, man. That's yeah. that's why the IFL I, – I like the IFL, but as a kicker, it's like I don't want to just – I'm not, yeah. not going to say botch every kickoff, but I'm saying you got to squib every kickoff. Pretty much. Yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen that this year actually a lot. Even in the IFL, uh, a lot of guys are squibbing it, and teams that maybe their kicker got hurt, they've been trying to kind of do little loopers to the back. Like even when I was playing, I I liked getting it over that last line right in front of the first, you know, the guy right. to receive it, and it would bounce up over him, you know, create, create all his hecticness. And obviously, they need to get out of the end zone before they get a safety. But I love that you said that because I always love the rebound nets. And like you said, it's like you either get the deuce or they got to take it out. Either right. Or, and it, and it, it keeps more excitement, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Love that idea, man. That sounds like a great one. You're going to have to be the pit, <laughs> head pitch man for that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and being on the AFL side of it, I don't want to take away from you because you're, you know, you're the man. You're, you're right here on the show now. But I got to shout out my man that I worked out with before, Pat Clark. I'm sure you've worked with him or at least kicked with him a couple times on occasion. Yeah, uh, Pat Clark and I actually go – we go back to um, minicamp, I believe. When did I first meet Pat? I think it was minicamp with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in 2017. We both got invited. There were seven of us. There were seven kickers wow. there, and that's when I first met Pat there, um, the lefty, because he went to UB. So I yeah. knew I knew a couple of guys. That, I knew Jake Shaw that went to UB. Um and he was a punter there. I don't, I don't, they didn't go there at the same time, but I met Pat in Canada, 2017 mini camp. Great kid. Great guy. I actually just talked to him three weeks ago. I think it was four. Yeah. yeah. Three weeks ago in Jersey. Um, shout out to Pat Clark though. Hopefully he heals up. He just had a, uh, a back issue. I think um, just a strain, hopefully nothing crazy. I just, I actually just talked to him today. So heal up, buddy. You know, shout out to Pat Clark, good dude. Um, just you know, first class kid. And um, I met him 2017 in minicamp, and he's dude. He's he's a good kicker, you know. And oh, he yeah. can also he can punt the ball too. Um, he, unfortunately, he didn't get to go with. I think it, Sergio Castillo. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but it was yep. him and I were the two kids that came out of that minicamp. He, if there was a close third, it was it was Pat coming out yep. of there, no doubt. Um, who probably should have got an invite to camp to training camp too, but nonetheless, great kicker, great person. Um, Cause that's not always the case, man. You don't, you, you meet some of these guys and they just feel like they should be entitled or exactly. you know, they, they think uh, so highly of themselves that they don't want to talk to you or become friends with you. And uh, sure. they're just more toxic than they are nice. So, you know, I try to, I try to keep, keep my circle small with uh, you know, who I let in and, you know, just be, be nice to everybody, but 
you know, yep. it's it, it's always nice to just meet a guy like Pat, even though you're 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 offending for the same job, but you could you're still cordial about it. You know what I mean? You're still yeah, a good it's a person. competition. It's all healthy, right? Yeah. But you still hold your same personality. You know what I mean? You can still have a conversation, hang out, whatever it may be, yep. and uh, still keep that level of competitiveness. And, and Pat Clark's just like that, man. He's he's top class. Yeah, for sure, man. And in my small, um, no, really, honestly, it was only a couple weeks uh, being in college, kicking with a couple guys on the team I was with and uh, the D3 team there, uh, Nichols. And also with just going to some of the camps I went to to kick with other people. I mean, one of the guys at UConn, he was a backup kicker at UConn. There's a couple other dudes around, you know, Rhode Island and Mass area. And uh, there were some kids in those experiences where, you know, they were all, all whatever, let's talk, let's hash out, you know, whatever you want to do. You want some tips, whatnot. And Pat being one of them, the first, uh, first practice or really exposure camp I went to, he was all out giving me every single tip possible. And he's a lefty. So you had to like, critique it to the other side you know, uh, this is how you should do this but we've we're both been soccer players so i know you can do it this way you just got to figure it out and you know he helped me immensely going and this was the season after i had played arena so i was just trying to build on top of what i had already done and it was like what can i do to you know really just dial it in and be better um not knowing i wouldn't go back into it but that was all fine and i had a great time doing it uh making good friendships but yeah like you said there's always so some people that you know there's one i the first one I went to, I got in this competition. It was all the kickers. We're all just going for as far as we could kick. And I got down with the last guy. We were at like 52 or 53 yards. And this was their like number one guy at Endicott College and stuff. And he's sitting there laughing and joking with me and peppering me while we're kicking. And I was just like, you know, this is kind of that good, like fun environment you get to be in. And and sometimes right. you get the other person. It almost throws you out of your zone. You're like, Heck, they're probably in their zone all focused and like pissed off, but now I'm sitting here like, <laughs> shoot, I'm on edge, you know? <laughs> yeah. And just to just to mention, like the, the kid um from Cortland that, that yep. graduated last year, the one that hit me up, he he was cool, man. He was he was pretty cool. He he was like, Hey, listen, uh then when I noticed that he was a kicker or not, he was like, Hey, when you come out to you know back to Albany, we should get we should get together and kick. And I was like, Hell yeah, like I'm always up for stuff like that, man. It, whether I can help him out or who knows, or just, just have someone to kick with. I love, I love that kind of stuff, man. Love it. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's always been the thing, man. As long as people are good, I'm a good old farm boy from here in Connecticut. So my parents always taught me one thing it's work hard. And the other thing is just be friendly to people. Don't, you know, you got to come across with a uh, hair across your ass. You can come over and whether you're fighting for the same job, whatnot, you got to have a smile about it and have a good attitude going in and uh, treat it, like I said, healthy competition. Exactly. Uh, so now <clears throat> reshaping my other question here. What was your favorite environment so far to play in now that you have, you said you haven't played college or any uh, high school, but in arena and everything else, and even soccer, what was your favorite environment and why was it your favorite environment to be? Oh man. So I, I loved the big tournaments. I love the big tournaments. We went to, we went to a tournament in Oregon called the Nike international cup. Okay. And that was with the black watch premiere. And there's just people everywhere, tons of people, you know, this is the, it's the biggest tournament in the country. And I always, I don't know. I always loved playing in front of a lot of people. You know, I, oh, I think yeah. I was just came accustomed to it. And I'd always play really well in those type of environments. So for soccer, I'd have to say the Nike International Cup. Our head coach, Steve Freeman, did a great job getting us ready for that. Uh, we got fourth. There was only eight teams invited. 
you know, oh, and I, the top two teams went to Spain. So wow. you go, okay. yeah, you, so you have to get invited to the Nike International Cup. And then the top two teams there go to Spain and duke it out in whatever tournament that was. Unfortunately, for uh, for third place, we lost in a shootout. I didn't even get to go, unfortunately, because we didn't even make it that far. I was the fifth guy. So that sucks. <laughs> but um, big tournaments like that, that I mean, that, huge, man, huge. I uh, lo- love playing in those environments out in Oregon. And uh, if there's un- if there's one more if there's one more tournament, I was on the the Olympic development program. Yep. And we went out to the Emerald Cup in Ireland. I believe I was 15 at the time, and we actually ended up winning the Emerald Cup. And I was oh, the wow. MVP of the tournament. Yeah, I was the MVP of the tournament, which was kind of cool. Um, Eleven gold. Congratulations! Yeah, it, it was. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was it was pretty cool. That that's something that I'll be, I'll be able to you know cherish that for the rest of my life. You know, sure. just just something that um, something that I'll, I'll you know never regret going out there. I had to get a whole bunch of money to fundraise because I didn't have the money to go out there for my mom and I. And uh, you know, we went door to door doing fundraising stuff, and to be able to go out there and perform, you know, the way I did is just. That was life changing for me, and I, I love that environment. I love being, uh, you know, kind of like in, in that, you know, it. I know I said environment, but it, in that atmosphere, you know, you're yeah. in Ireland, you're in a whole other country. So, oh, for you sure, know, they love soccer over there. Soccer is way bigger over there than it is in the United States. Yeah, so for sure. To to win that as a team, and uh, you know, the MVP, it is what it is. I I'm just glad we won the tournament because that that was cool in itself. Um, but that was probably the best, that was probably the best environment other than the, the Nike international cup, but football wise, man, I- I'm telling you the Tampa Bay storm, that's, you know, that crazy, crazy yeah. environment. I think we had 16, 16,000 fans at our fan appreciation night against the LA kiss my rookie year, which is the most people I've played in front of in the arena game. That's a lot of people, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Thousands, a lot of people. It gets loud in there. So that type of environment was probably my favorite. Another one would be Jacksonville. Um, that's a fan favorite for sure. Uh, yeah, quarterback Sean Breezy on his interview said the same thing. He said the Shark Tank's always rocking. Yeah, I, and I always play well there. I always, I've, I've, you know, knock on wood, never had a bad game in Jacksonville. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to have another good one this Saturday. But yeah, I can't wait was to see it, man. Yeah, that was where I had an AFL long my rookie year too, uh, for field goal wise. And that Shark Tank, man, I'm telling you, they they get loud, so so loud. They got a lot of people in there. But I just, you know, I love those type of environments. So probably the Shark Tank, Emily Arena with the storm, and uh, where else? Spokane was nice. Spokane, yeah. you know, they pack that house and it gets loud in there too. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, I have to say the shark tank and, uh, and, and the storm for sure. Cleveland's a cool place to play too with gladiators. Yeah. Um, Arizona's always hot. Oh yeah. The, the, the rattlers. Yeah. You know what? Actually that, that, oh man. Cause they got, they got a lot of people there too. When they were in the yeah. AFL, they would get a lot. Oh yeah! Everyone it, always says as that throwback, it is Arizona, man, for sure. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to go with those as my top. See, then I could keep going. I start thinking about <laughs> the war on I four, yeah, with the Orlando Predators and the Storm. Man, they would pack that house too. 
Oh yeah. They would pack the pre- pack the Amway Center, man, against the Preds. So that's, that's just enough. Sorry, that's why I wish that they had uh, more televised games on it, like really on TV, national in your face, man. I feel like people would be watching so much more because I used to watch this when it was on NFL Network as a cheesy like toss on late at night. I'd stay up late <laughs> and sit there with my popcorn or whatnot. Like, let's see some big hits in action, you know? <laughs> For sure. Oh man, yeah. There's a, there's a lot. Those are those are by far the the top places. Yeah, and I mean, out of all my stints, you know, I never played in front of like massive crowds like you did, but I always think of it was like I had a lot of people I knew in the crowds normally. So it was like when we had a small crowd, it was like crap, I can hear every word. Like and you hear someone like <laughs> as the snaps about to come, you hear like, man, this kid's going to miss it just like the last week. And I'm just like, oh, damn. But I mean, once you got those bigger crowds and especially for me in Connecticut, you know, going up into mass or going to like more of the city side of Connecticut, we'd usually get a lot bigger crowds. People would come out for some big games and even playoffs, especially they'd always represent well. My my team, the Green Valley Blackhawks, always represented well. We had great fans and always have. Um, they'd come out and man, it was a great fan environment. And really the more people, it was almost like the people you knew kind of got lost in the crowd and then you didn't hear them as much or you didn't get to see them. And you're kind of like, it's nice. You know, they're there, but to not hear it all, you're like, awesome. Okay. I'm in my own zone now. Like we're yeah. good. <laughs> Cause when oh, you come yeah. back to the sideline, you're standing not five feet from them. And it's like, they're right there on top of you. Like, Hey, why'd you miss that? Or what happened right there, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like these are your friends you got to answer or something You're like eh, after the game man post-game interview right <laughs> oh there there's some brutal fans out there too man like i remember like my rookie year was just telling you being it being in those type of environments i that was perfect for, for yeah. my career and being put in those types of situations really kind of molded me and shaped me into the kicker i am today because without that playing in, in crowds like they are now obviously they're not as big so you do hear you know, you do hear stuff, and some people oh, yeah. say some nasty shit. Oh, so, yeah, man. They're getting crazy you know, nowadays between NBA yeah. and, you know, all the stuff going on. Even just recently, it's like you, I almost think people forget because of COVID how to act now. They're just like they've been cooped up so long. It's like their Twitter fingers are now making its way into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, but you're right, though, and, and you got to learn to adapt. you got to learn to just literally shut everything out. And, you know, if there's crickets, if, if you got that one guy who's really loud in a small arena and there's barely anyone in there, you just learn to shut all that out. And then when you're in the big crowds with a lot of people, it's the same thing. You know, you're yeah, going it's almost there. like a calmness, like everyone's so loud that it's just like the sea behind you. And you're not it's kind of like one noise and you're just kind of sitting in your own area there. I always notice that. But uh, one thing I was going to say drawn off on that was I always look back to and I had recently listened to was uh, Pat McAfee had talked with Adam Vinatieri on his podcast about his retirement. And he said, you know, whenever we went out there for kicks, it was always, hey, you good? You ready? All this. And then he's like, we get to the big kicks and he'd look at him and it was like stone cold. He's in his own zone, face forward, doesn't even shift, doesn't even, doesn't even give him the okay. He's like, all right, I guess we're going. Right. Like, yeah. Is that kind of how, like in your big moments, have you ever kind of handled in that way where you're just, you're so stuck in the, not frozen, I would say, but just, you know, you're, you're just feeling the moment so much that you're not even almost not even there. So I, I actually do everything the same, whether, whether it's just another extra point, just like that, uh, the, the game with the 11 extra points, the franchise record, yep. every kick, same. I, I'm trying, I'm not trying to do anything differently. You know what I'm not trying to, to come into that kick as like it was different than the other one. Yeah. So even if it's the game, 
I remember when we were in the championship game it was my it was my first championship game ever mm-hmm. when I was with the Cobras. Everything was every kick was the same, I, and I didn't even think of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. In your own, oh, oh, this is the this is the championship game, right? Yeah. Every kick is this. It, it's just another game, right? Sure. The playoff. Just for me, like mentally, it's just another game. Once you get that in your head, like, oh my god, this is the Super Bowl or this is the playoffs. That that might be able to mess with a kicker. You know what For I mean? Sure. And then you start putting that you start putting that added pressure on yourself, and you just don't need it. You yeah. know what I mean? You already have enough pressure. You got to make your kicks. That's it. For sure, you got to sit there cold on the sideline, and then the next, yeah. you know, in a second they need you. Be ready. Be snappy. You know. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. sure. So I I just I just go into every kick as it's the same. You know, you just yeah. that's how I prepare, you know, mentally, mentally, physically, emotionally, all, all those things you compartmentalize and that's it. You, next kick, you move on. We're going to do this again. Okay. Move on. We do it again. And that's it. It's very that's simple. Sure. No, it sounds great. Honestly. Um, that's pretty much how I've always treated my career was just doing it, you know, try and do everything exactly the same dialed in heck man. I even there's trips just in my arena stint where I'd sit there and, you know, we're in the hotel room and they're like, Oh, you know, we're all going to do this. And man, I'm doing the same breakfast. I'm doing the same this. I'm watching the same <laughs> film on this. Like, I'm not messing with my routine because, and they all laugh at me. They're like, ah, he's just a kicker. He's weird like that. Right, like, man, right. I just got my routine. Like, I like wearing the same thing. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not crazy with all the extra bands on, but I like wearing my headband and doing, you know, little things here and there. I got my kicking stuff with me going on the field, you know, whatnot. Like, I have a little particular to myself, but. In the end, it's all like you said, it's the consistency throughout the process to create, you know, the art in front of you of what is what I would always say. Yeah, it's, uh, it's poetry in motion. For sure. So lead, that kind of leads right into my next question now with you being an NFL free agent kicker, which, you know, man, <clears throat> I like Nick Folk and the Patriots, but I think you could do a heck of a lot better of a job. Uh, you know, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I just that's that's what I'm waiting for, man. And yeah. there's nothing else I could do other than to continue crushing it in this league. For sure. You know, just got to keep doing what I can control, and that's exactly what I've been doing. And I'm just hoping to get that opportunity, man. Nick, Fo- Nick Folk, I take nothing away from him. I, I actually used to love Nick Folk when he was on the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, man, he made- he's been a really good kicker, and he's been around for a while, so he's definitely doing something correct. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl his rookie year. That's yeah. not that's easy to do. So. You know, with that being said, I would love to just go up against him. You know, give mm-hmm. me, a, you know, give me a camp, even if it was a mini camp or anything, just something to to show that I belong at that level. Sure. I know I've got the accuracy. I know I have the leg for it, and it, it's just a matter of being seen, being brought in by the right person at the right time. And yeah. there's always a little bit of luck involved, but for sure, it, it's just a, it's just you know that moment, that opportunity that. You know, I know that if I, you know, had it, I, I know I would seize it. And it's just a, going up against somebody like that. Exactly. The moment's too big for me. You know, that that's that's what I'm looking forward towards, mm-hmm. you know, or looking towards and uh, looking forward to. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I want to achieve. That's that's my goal. It's to, it's to be there, to be in that moment, have that opportunity and succeed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you just, you hope the day comes and, you know, you can only, you know, you can only hope so much, but at the end of the day, I'm doing everything that I can control. So when that time does come, I'm ready for it. For sure, man. And with that being said, from your side of seeing things as being a free agent, um, is it as simple as just being able to consistently hit that A ball? 
or is there other things to it that you've kind of seen throughout, you know, you know, scouts telling you whatnot and saying, Hey, we're looking for more of this or, you know, whatnot. That's a good question. Um, so there's a lot of things that they look at. You know, I had a, I had a workout with the Atlanta Falcons in 2019. And, man, I'm t- that, that was a game changer, too, for my career because not only was it my first NFL workout, I finally broke through the gates. Uh, it was also, you know, a learning experience, you know, for me to, to go in there and, you know, perform the way I did. And it's just they're looking for, at everything. They're, lo- they're looking at the ball height, right? Yeah. They're looking at where it's hitting the net. Okay. Right. So is is it, are you just hitting it inside the upright? You know what I mean? Or is it straight down the middle? Yeah. So they're looking at ball location. So they're looking at height, ball location. Um, they're looking at your form. Like everything is the same every time. Because yeah. you, can, you can hit a consistent ball. Yeah. Right. And some guys might be doing something different every kick, even though it may oh, be yeah. very cool, but they might be doing something different every kick. Yep. Right. They're looking at all these things, man. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's crazy. They're even, uh, you know, the time, you know, and usually oh, that goes to ball. ball. Right. So when you hit it, when that ball hits that time, man, it's, it's crazy. It really wow. is crazy. Obviously your hang time is always important. Yep. Kickoffs, um, you know, they do look at directional kickoffs as well. Sometimes they wonder if you can hit that sky ball, you know, mm-hmm. where if they, they want you to hit the ball inside the five on For a sure. kickoff. Yeah. Uh, with you know that added hang time to uh, you know to hitting long field goals as well, but you you really want to be consistent inside of fifty yards. You you need to be a hundred percent inside of fifty yards. And you know I was in my workout, and I I just I thought I had an amazing day, and uh, you know I just kind of had to take it with a grain of salt. He had nice things to say, but uh, but at the end of the day, man, you just you can't give up. You can't no. give up. You know. And you just got to believe in yourself and believe in the process and trust it and trust your form, trust your technique every single day. Keep working at your craft and uh, you never give up, man. Never give up. That's, that's, that's been the biggest thing is, you know, believe in yourself and never give up. And that's what something I always try and, and, and preach. That's something I always put out there to the kids and other kickers, you know, just like yourself, you know, kids that work with me, kids that talk to me about, you know, working on their form or getting stronger you know, being more consistent, I'll always preach that to everyone that I meet and talk to is, you know, never give up and believe in yourself, man, because every, we all have goals, right? We all have aspirations. That's for sure. You want to, you want to go after those, you know, you don't yep. want to, you don't want to fall short and be like, you know, I wonder what if later down in life, you know, what if I did this differently? Like would my life, nobody wants to think that, man. That's why when, when guys talk to me like, Oh, when do you think you're going to, you know, give it up or, you know, move on? I don't know. <laughs> When my leg falls off, when I can't do it anymore, you know, <laughs> Isn't that right? I'll start to think about it. When I start declining, then you start thinking, I haven't been declining. Dude, I'm still going. I'm literally getting better every year. And, and it's just, you know, just, just waiting for that opportunity, man. Just waiting for that opportunity. For sure, man. And no, I, I totally understand you in that. Um, being a guy, like I said, I only played football my last year of high school. I played soccer all the way from a child up until that junior year. And then finally I just made the switch. It was like, I didn't feel like I had as, you know, tight of a team in soccer on me as I had had before. And I was like, you know what? I want to try something new. Jumped in, did really well doing, you know, all the kicking duties and stuff. And then from there, like you said, it was the keep grinding every single, I mean, I'm not kidding you. when I say 
down to my parents, every single person was saying, Hey, you, you should go work. You should go do these other things. And I'm, you know, I'm working as I'm working out, as I'm doing the kicking, as I'm going to this place. And like I said before, the, the Philadelphia soul, I must've gone to like six or seven of their camps, just trying to make a team. Like it was like, go anywhere I could is I'll sleep out of my car. I don't care what it is. And you know, I made it for a little bit. I had my year stint and just being in that environment, making it there and seeing all the people that made the team, I looked down the list on our roster. Every single one of them had college experience, and I'm the only one standing there. Like, I look around, like, man, I ain't been nowhere yet. <laughs> and it was like, it was kind of yeah. cool, but it was also like, shoot, I'm out of my element. Like, but I made it though. Like, I made it. I'm here. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. didn't give up. No, that's the no thing exactly. Thing. Yeah, you gotta uh, feel like it's some of those things you gotta have instilled. Like for me, working on the farm and stuff when I was a kid, and doing all the grunt work that I did, chopping wood, you know, out, you know, scraping the yards and stuff with the cows. I figured. Stuff like that was really what kind of made me just work harder. And and when people told me no or whatnot, it was like, you know, I can trump that no. Like, I, I can do better than that. Like, you, you say yes. no, you say this isn't possible, but I'm saying, like, just watch. <laughs> like, sit yeah. down, kick it back with some popcorn and the juice or something and watch me do it. Like, I'm good. <laughs> exactly, but, um, man. You, you didn't give up. That's the biggest thing, man. I'm telling you, it's the biggest thing. Yeah, perseverance. perseverance man that it'll it'll do you wonders and like you said especially with the looking back on things I mean with only doing a year for myself I sit there and I'm like I know I have juice in the tank I'm 27 years old you know the film I have is not good enough for a lot of leagues in the arena so I keep it as what it is but if I still work and eventually you know life leads me to a different area in this country and I have a better opportunity in another place in the arena best know I'm going to be going to any place in the area and like, Hey, can I try out? Hey, can I, try out? I'll do it. Like you said, until your leg falls off, man, or until I can't do it, I'll be doing it. Cause it's fun. Exactly. man. It's a way to keep that camaraderie of, you know, all the guys in the locker room, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just a fun time. Yeah. It's a, it's a different environment, man. It's a whole, it's a whole new atmosphere. And uh, you know, just, just like you, you know, with, with no college going in, Going into these conversations, man, it's like they all got these stories, these college football stories, and I don't have shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I just listen. And yeah. uh, a lot of guys don't even think – they don't even think anything else. They just assume that I play college football because I'm there. Oh, yeah. And That's one of the first questions I had asked. Like, oh, where would you play college? And I'm like, I didn't. And they go, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> all their heads yeah, flip yeah. around at once. And I'm like looking up at all these trees of dudes, and I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't go nowhere. And they're like – yeah, well, you are tiny. You're this little kicker. I'm like, yeah, it's true. Like, I'll take the lumps. <laughs> but that's that. That was another thing, though, with me is is um, I take nothing for granted, you know, yeah. because I know what I came from. You know, just like you, you know what you came from. You don't take anything for granted every single day. So when you get those opportunities and you're there, you just soak it up. You soak everything up, and you just try to perform at your best, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when you do. It's a great feeling because you know that you came from nothing. Like a lot of these guys are privileged. Like, let's be real. Like for they sure. all got their college paid for. They don't know what student loans are. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. They, they, don't know what they, don't, they don't know what those are. So, you know, being, you know, from that side of the fence, it's a whole different mindset. So you go in there and the, the, I like, you know, people are like, oh, I can't wait. You know, I've been with guys that, you know, played in the NFL, played in the CFL. Now that now they're in the arena league. And they're like, oh, where's this? Where's that? Meaning like, where's my stuff? You know, like, mm. they, like things are supposed to be given to them. And it's not always like that with every team. Yep. And it's unfortunate because, you know, there's, there's certain like, you know, fundraisers or events or appearances that we go to 
And man, I love doing those things, you oh, know, for sure. whether, you know, whether it's the children's cancer center or it's hospitals or it's, you know, youth fundraisers, youth football camps, anything like that. I love getting out in the community and doing those things. And the guy, and some of the guys are like, well, are we getting paid. And it's like, you know, come on, man. you it's know what I mean? Like it's, it's more, more than, than that. that. Exactly. It's more than that. It's not yeah. always about that. And you know, it is unfortunate, but you know, there, there's a lot of guy, good guys out there too. They're just like, pumped about that stuff and i'm one of those guys because i love giving back to the community and stuff because they come to the games for us you know what i mean we're we're role models for those kids and uh you know i I appreciate that and i I don't take that for granted so you know being in the position that i'm in now you know i I love using my platform Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's just it's all about putting putting in the work and 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 keep putting in the work to stay here you know what i mean you have to maintain that by doing putting in the effort yeah. Right. We we appreciate it more. So we're like, oh, okay. We know how hard we worked. We work even harder now. We can stay here, if not, you know, get to that next level. For sure. So, you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things, man. You just really really appreciate the little things in life. Yeah, for sure, man. And like you said about being privileged, whatnot, man. When I was in that camp up in Rhode Island, I'm, I remember specifically. I'm sitting there, and it was at like around 50 yards. I mean, he was like you, huge body. I mean, just looked like the most massive kicker you've ever seen. He looked like he should have played a different position, to be totally honest. But not to name names either. But he's sitting there. I knock him out, and he goes, oh, well, I can get my cleats off earlier and go kick it at the – I forget what it was. It was like some house his parents had on, like, the Cape or something. And I was just sitting there like – man you don't know nothing about this guy. Like, <laughs> like you may you may do your little kitty stuff in the gym like lifting weights and doing your bands which i won't crap on bands i love them they're like everything i use k bands actually specifically those things are wicked to get all your knees everything like that going on all the muscles but to hear that comment out of him man was just so funny to me i sat there and i'm like yeah you're gonna go chill at home i'm gonna go home i'm gonna work another how many hours you know, no, I'm going right. to yeah. look over what I did and make sure, heck, I'm going to contact coach again and be like, hey, what do you think I did this? You know, can I do better at that? And it just shows that work ethic. Like some of them think they should just be given everything. And then there's others right. that are like, you could tell me no a thousand times and I'm still coming back because I know I can, you know, I can get there if I put that effort. And that's how I always looked at it. Just the, the non-quit attitude for sure. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw this. Um you see Roberto Aguayo was signed by the Patriots and then was waived, I think, like last week or this week. Yes. Yep. Is he still getting workouts, man? Man, he's been I, kicking I have, out I have, everywhere. I have nothing against him. I got nope. nothing against him. Well, what the heck, dude? Come on. Like, how many <laughs> shots are you going to give this guy? And then there's guys out there, like myself, it just, you know, we just, we just want to get in there, man. Yeah, Why? man. You know, I mean, heck, like I said, you, there's you, there's Pat, there's Ali, man, there's all these, I mean, I get it, you're in arena when you're doing so well, so who knows, you know, the, all the weather, you know, the winds of everything, and, you know, it goes up in Foxborough up there, everyone says they change the weather, but, I mean, I'll, I'll attest to it differently, I've been sitting in those cold games in the stands, I think it's just pretty cold up here, but, to be honest, man, Roberto Aguayo, when I saw him play with Tampa Bay, that was the last time, I think, personally i would have given him a chance now like you said it's a mental game and I, i've always said kicking is like 90 percent mental and 10 percent physical it really is you in a battle with your head because like i said before you could be sitting there cold on the sideline all game your team never scores you're in a gridlock zero zero game you get right down to the end and then out of nowhere oh, let's go with a kick 
but all you've been doing is sitting there, you know, if you were lucky enough in the lower leagues and whatnot to have a net on the sideline, you know, even space at all to just stretch out and stuff like that. And right. they're get in there and kick the ball and you got to get a perfect 50 something yarder kick. And it's like, wow. Okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I always tell people this, I would rather take 18 foot uprights with any kind of conditions than inside nine foot uprights, 15 feet high with no conditions. For sure. That just, man, I would, I would love that. And plus people don't think about this. I'm also working with a snapper and holder who've never done it before. For sure. Where outside you're working with a snapper who that's all he does is snap footballs. Your holder is your punter. And that's all he does is punt and hold footballs. Yep. That's just me. I would take the I would take the nine the extra nine feet with whatever kind of conditions you're going to give me over the you know no snapper no holder I shouldn't say no snapper but you know an inexperienced snapper and holder with your margin of error literally being which is know, very crucial. Greater. That's true, man. Yeah. I mean, from all the people in semi pro that I went and like even in the small arena stint I had the many different snappers I had in the season where we granted we lost one game the first game of the season and one out and won our championship. I can't tell you how many bad snaps there were. I can't tell any bad holds there were. And they scared the crap out of me. I had dudes literally kicking balls underneath guys that are jumping, trying to block it. And I'm sneaking it right through their hands or between their legs. Or, and I'm sitting there looking like a magician. And I'm just looking at my yeah. other guys like, man, I don't know how they're all getting through here. But then again, I look at the film and, you know, a little like almost like a Peyton Manning duck flutter of a shoot over to me to the holder. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's what it is. <laughs> Those happen too. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, oh man, that's that's just too funny to be honest. But um, yeah, looking back on that though, man, I um, I can't honestly can't wait to see you and all the other guys I've been talking with here just get a chance up in those bigger leagues. Because I mean, the NFL, yeah, they they got big you know names in there already, but they definitely have room to squeeze a few more in there. One of which being, which I don't know if you've ever conversed with him on any means or anything. Uh, his name's sorry, not Rocket Foot. Sorry. There is the uh, destroying, destroying. He's on YouTuber. He's a guy who's played. He's played a little CFL, UCF, whatnot. Um, I watched a lot of his videos, man. You and him are around the same. I wouldn't say accuracy because I think accuracy is his issue, but you got the same depth. He's got a heck of a foot, just like you, man. Yes, he does. He does. Uh, yeah. No, I know who. I know destroying. Uh, yeah. You know. I've seen some of his film. Uh, you, you hit the, you hit it right on top of the head. Uh, his accuracy is his, is his issue. And uh, when he is in these combines, we should say like Coles yep. or, uh, you know, Zoners. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he went to, I don't know if he went to Nick, Nick Novak's um, virtual combine too, but from what I hear from other guys, I've actually never kicked against him personally. Okay. Um, I wouldn't mind to do a one-on-one against him. I would love to do that. He could put that up on YouTube. I would love that. But um, sure. <laughs> yeah, I would love, love that. That's always been his issue is, uh, you know, if he's got 10 kicks, he's hitting six of them, Yeah, you know, and you can't do that, you know, especially no. the short ones are the, are the, are the big ones. And those are the ones you have to make. And when he's in the, at these combines and whatnot, that's what I hear from other kickers. Is he, he misses the short ones. He can make the long ones. But, you know, if you're 60%, tell you what, I'd rather be 10 of 10 within 50 yards than 6 of 10, but hit from 60 yards. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It, yep. Always. Got to be that's, dialed in, man. That's how you make your money, man. That, that's why the NFL kickers are there. That's why they make their money. 
because they're consistent within 50 yards. And uh, that's why they always say 50 plus. You know yep. what I mean? Well, it's always oh, yeah, man. Plus. It used to be a lot different even back in the early 2000s. It was like I still remember watching in 2004 when the Patriots beat this, um, the Eagles in the Super Bowl. The week before in Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game, Adam Venateri, I think it was a 47-yard field goal, set the Heinz Field record. And I think I sit here now and I'm like, 47, I, like I can hit that. And it's like pretty consistent. I'm like, damn, man. But now you look at kickers out here nowadays and they're, you know, Jason Elam being one of the first guys hitting over 60, um, yeah. along with Dempsey as well. They're kind of men ahead of their time and really have that extra power to them. And now with so much of the analytics and like I was saying before about Mike Hollis, his camp down there in Florida, I've never been a part of it. But I know I've seen enough people that have been and show some of the techniques and just how they get the lift on the ball and the extra spin. And I mean, there's there's a ton that go into kicking. And when I was first starting out, I like I said, I played one year of high school and I honestly didn't know until a couple years ago how big and it sounds kind of stupid me saying this, how big Cole's kicking camp was. I got an invite <laughs> from them and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, it's a cool little flyer. And everything, and I, like toss it down. I never really looked at it, and then I look a couple years later. I'm like, shoot, I should have like gone to that. <laughs> yeah, the Coles is big, man. I I, oh, yeah. uh, I went there in 2017 when I also went to Zoners as well, and I actually got uh, I was in the top 10 for the kickoffs, so yeah. I got put on put on YouTube for that. But okay. uh, but Zoners is where I really got uh, my real look, which is where I got my invite to minicamp with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's awesome. I punted. I punted real well. I kicked. I kicked good, but I punted really well there. So they saw I could do all three there, and that's how I got my mini camp invite. And then the rest was history. Like I, I performed at mini camp against mm-hmm. seven other kids, and uh, Jordan Gay was another kid there. He played for the Bills for yep. three years. I believe. yep. He I was him. At, yep. Yep. Awesome. He was at that mini camp with Pat Clark and those other guys too. So for sure, you know, it's just those those combines man Coles is big but Zoners is is bigger I I believe yeah Coles is very big Coles is good for high school kids too and college kickers for sure that's that's a good way to get noticed if you're younger as well so it's not only just for the free agents but as well for the kids trying to go to college because that's how you can get some look too yeah that's what I saw mostly was them doing the like college and especially like the transition from high school to college that was their whole thing in the pamphlet I remember being like a big write up about like we can get you going to this big school that you want or something i'm like okay man (laughs) no i remember i remember getting all those like random things because i mean i'll be honest my high school we were zero and 10 i must have had over 50 punts in the year i had hardly any kicks but the ones i had were like bombs and nobody in our nobody else in our whole league in connecticut except for one girl could kick them out the back of the end zone on kickoffs so I oh, just wow. like laughing. It's like, you know, it's like me and this girl that are in competition. Everyone else has got nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny to see. But um, speaking of the Hamilton Tiger Cats that you're saying there, now I've seen, you know, some CFL and stuff, but I haven't seen as much of the roster movements in the offseason. Now, seven people in the special teams room, that's pretty normal, isn't it? Seven people meaning? They like to bring in, you know, a good, a good amount of people in for the mini camps and stuff. That's a for me from what I heard that was a lot. Okay, because I've always known it's been a couple extra, but I didn't know if seven was around that number or something like that. Seven seven's a lot for minicamp, and you know we had there was three of us competing for the job in training camp. One of them, Ryan Hawkins, got brought in. I don't know how he got in there. 
but he got brought in too. He didn't, wasn't at mini camp. So it was me and Sergio Castillo. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that got signed after the mini camp. And then Ryan Hawkins came out of, I don't know where he came from, but I think Arizona actually university, of Arizona. So he got, okay. he got an invite to training camp. So it was the three of us in camp, but seven's a lot. Seven was a lot. And the reason I think they had so many is because the special teams coordinator was new. And he told me that at Zoners, he was like, I love the way you punt, you know, uh, are you kicking tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to be here obviously. So I was like, good to see you kick tomorrow. And then when I talked to him the next day, after I was done kicking, he explained, you know, gave me his information, all this other stuff, you know, you know, I'm new, I'm new with the uh, special teams in Hamilton. And, um, you know, we're looking for a guy right now. We're looking for a three-way guy. So knowing that, I think he just wanted to bring a lot of guys into minicamp so he sure. could have the top, you know, like a top guy. You know what I mean? Yep. That makes sense. And, uh, and that's just kind of how, how I got, you know, I guess, you know, blessed with the opportunity because if he already had somebody in mind or he already had a guy prior, maybe I don't get that opportunity. Yep. So, you know, I kind of, that, that's where that little bit of luck comes in because it was just right, right time, right place. So he was there looking for someone, best place to be, you know, Zoners, you got tons of guys. And uh, like I said, I performed really well, especially with the punting aspect um, of all three. So it was, that was good. So it just, it just kind of really depends on, on how well you do at these combines and who is in need. You know, you'll have scouts there, NFL scouts, and maybe they don't need a kicker, but they're looking for a punter, you know? So it really, it really just kind of depends. And like I said, a little bit of luck's involved as well. For sure. That's kind of like, um, I mean, more relatable to basketball. People always say you got to have a bag, like you got to be able to do a bunch of things. Um, man, that's kind of how I always did it. It was once I got into football as a senior, it was like, I remember I had this one kid walk up to me and like I said, my team was awful. We were owing 10 in high school and this kid walks up and says, yeah, man, I'm the kicker. Have fun. You know, you'll be my backup. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, you know, I, I was one of those kids where I was a farm boy in soccer. I would literally stay like an hour after and coaches always had to stay with the kid until the last kids picked up. Well, yeah, I was that last kid and my parents are out working on the farm. You know, my parents eventually get there. I'm sitting there kicking field goals after practice. I'd always bring my ball and I'd get like a little piece of stick or something and like set it up so I could get it to sit right. And man, it came, it came really fruition from like the young days of me trying to kick. So then I got my senior year and that kid, it made me laugh, dude. Oh, I got this spot locked down. I've been doing it for the last three years. And I come like, in there and like one kick, boom, things over the uprights. The coach is like, all right, we found our kicker. Well, let's go to kickoffs, go to kickoffs. I absolutely kill the kid in kickoffs and then punting. I kill him in punting. We get the one thing he, <laughs> I remember the last part, we get to the uh, onsides and he like, goes, there's, yeah. no, there's no way you can beat me on onsides, man. I've done this for so long. You know, this is the last thing I'll do, but I'll, I'll do this one. I'll let you do the rest. And I was like, okay, man, whatever. <laughs> Going there to do, I had never done an onside kick, and I pinned the first one perfectly, right up over the first line guy. <laughs> My coach is like, "All right, you're doing everything. Forget it. We don't even need it. just wrap it up." So I, I think the kid uh, got a little upset in his feelings there, but we were good friends. It was just all in good fun. But it was just one of those things where I kind of laugh. I'm like, "Man, you don't even know what you're getting into." <laughs> <laughs> he was a little too confident there. Yeah, exactly, confident. exactly, man. No, it's it's all good fun and everything, but it was just a funny time being in high school. But um, bringing it back over to your side though, on the all professional side, how does it feel being basically back home? And being able to be with this absolute big name team with all the stars on it in the Albany Empire. 
It's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. You know, I'm very, very fortunate to just to be back home, you know, in general. You know, I, I signed actually before I knew anyone was coming back. Oh, really? You know, yeah, I signed, I signed before Tommy was coming, even coming back. And, uh, you know, I, I did hit him up. I talked to him. He said he was going to think about it. And uh, I, I hit a couple other guys up, see where they were going, see what they were thinking. Because uh, that's just what players do. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, sure. you're always wondering where, where guys are going, who's going where. You know, you, you got your friends here, other guys you played against that you know are good, where are they going? Yeah. And, um, you know, to, ha- to have the opportunity to come back home, man, that is very surreal to be in this kind of environment, this atmosphere, families around, my friends are here and just, it, it, it's like a wholesome that, feeling. Yeah. That's, that's a dream for yeah. anybody, you know, who, who's playing professional football to play for the team in your hometown. Yeah. What's better. What's better than that? No, for real, man. Hey, I've been trying to hit at those pirates for like ever now. Come on now. I've been saying the same thing. Last year. You what? Did you know I was signed with the pirates last year? Now I thought I had saw a report about it at some point. Um, I don't know if it was something they had posted or someone else in the whole realm of all the millions of pages on Facebook of arena. I thought I had seen that. Yeah. I was signed with them last year. I lived in, I lived in Worcester for, I believe four months. Okay. Uh, because I kept saying the season was going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. And obviously COVID was going on during that time and it was yeah. really bad. And they just kept telling us this. So, you know, uh, you know, the, um, the president and the owner of Juadia team, Yep. Was you know keeping keeping us there and uh, still housing us. He's like, guys, just I want to make sure you're prepared. So we're still working out, and I'm still kicking. I was kicking over at Holy Cross and Worcester Academy. I believe those were my, my two my two go to places. Awesome. And just staying ready, and it, and it didn't happen. And you know, unfortunately, they moved to the IFL, which made it so that I could no longer play for the Pirates. Oh, because okay. if you were if you were in the AFL in 2019, I don't know this whole deal that they the IFL has with the AFL. I have no idea. <clears throat> Excuse me, but if you were in the AFL and you played in the 2019 season, you could not play in the IFL this season. Oh wow! I don't know what it was. First they said it was a lawsuit, and then the lawsuit was like way over after COVID. Then they were saying that, oh, they didn't want it to be a top-heavy league, so they didn't want all the AFL talent in there. But they were trying to use something else as an excuse because I'm pretty sure that's discriminatory, right? Something like that. Like, some kind of way or something like that. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> that's kind of sketchy. <laughs> so, and I was going to, you know, either go play with the, uh, go play back with the Pirates or I was going to go uh, out to Spokane and, and play with uh, play with Billy. Yeah. So, neither of those were possible because of this. You can't say it's a rule because yeah. there's nothing that says that AFL players can't play in the IFL. It was like an ownership thing. And the IFL is a nonprofit. So yep, exactly something weird, something sketchy was going on there. I don't know. I don't really care. To be it's honest, a backdoor I, agreement kind of thing. Like they're all like, Hey, we're not signing these guys. Yeah. Right. For sure. Cause you talk to some of the owners, you talk to coaches, Oh, we can't sign you. You know, we were told we can't, it is honestly, it is what it is. I love, I just want to play football. You know what oh, I mean? Exactly. So I think everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, it just so happened Albany came back because the whole, you know, COVID thing and the capacity, they, they might not have been playing. And then all of a sudden they were playing and 
you know, now being back home, like I said, everything happens for a reason, man. God's got a plan for all of us. And uh, this was part of the plan, me, me coming back home, playing for my hometown in front of my friends and family. It's, uh, it, it is, it's very surreal. It's emotional. And I, I love that aspect of it. You know, I, I love being, you know, being there in this atmosphere, playing in front of everybody. It's, uh, it's awesome. So to answer your question, man, it's just, uh, it, it's, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed to, to be able to, to be here and not just be here being a part of, of the Albany empire, but to play with guys like Tommy Grady, you know, For Sure, I've always said That's, he's the Tom Brady of the uh, arena league, man. Yeah, he really man. Is. He stands all alone by himself. He does. And he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And uh, to be a part of that and, and this team as well is great. You know, we got Darius Prince over here. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. For it, sure. You know, it, Phil Barnett, I know, uh, you know, some people might not know him, but Phil, Phil is a good, good longtime friend of mine. When I started my career in Tampa, that was when he was there. Oh, so really? now we're back, we're back again with each other. And I, I love stuff like that, man. It's just, it's a great story. Um, you know, being back with, you know, people that you've known, Sean Lockett, our center, yep. played against him when he was in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. You know, I, I was a captain on the Cobras. He was a captain on, uh, on the Steelhawks and now we're playing together. So it's just sure. things like that, man. It's, it, it's really cool. And it's really something great to be a part of. Oh, it's awesome, man. And um, like you were saying before about having all your friends and everything in the game there. So that's kind of how I felt when I came from being basically in the semi-pro leagues in uh, the new England area. And then I went to that, the EIF uh, for arena and it seemed like, you know, I went to the trial. I didn't know too many people. There were some I did know, but it was probably about like 10% of them. And I was like, oh, man, you're like, you're like one of the better players in our semi-league. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. By the time we got all the way down, all the cuts done, sat and I looked around the first couple practices. And I was really, since I was a kicker, we're sitting there. I'm, I do a couple kicks and then they're, oh, come and play second team defense or cornerback or safety or, you know, come play second team receiver. And I don't mind. I'll bang bodies all day, man. It's fine with me. But I hop in there and you know, a couple big hits from some of these dudes. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, that's why you're one of the betters in this league. And <laughs> it was just crazy to see the culmination of all of us being on the same team. And I mean, the first game, like I said, we lost the first one. It was a little rough, but we almost came back. I actually remember I had two really awesome onside kicks in that game. One of them, the guy kept turning around right after the kick. So I was going to try and aim at his back plate and back oh, yeah. off. This is the only time he didn't turn around. I hit him right square in the groin, dropped the dude, big D line and dropped him right on the field, man. It was hilarious. And I still play that to this day to all my friends. I'm like, yo, this is like my highlight right here. <laughs> it was just dropping this dude. And then you see me go to scram on top of it. But um, Funny. really after that first game, it was like, it took the lumps of that game one and having like those couple of what you feel like sometimes are like wrong calls from the ref to like, really get you guys on edge and the rest of the season like I said we went undefeated I don't think we we won every game by like 20 points or more it's kind of like how you guys are playing now just like absolute domination every time you guys even start to like falter a little bit in the game the other team either messes up or just you know gifts you a pick or something it was just crazy to see how everything went together in the season and especially some arena like the small leagues there's usually a lot of things going on behind doors that people don't know about that really can take a team out of their element. And, yes. you know, for us to say focused and going and really collectively as the coaches and the players as one unit going forward and just 
hey, whatever's going on the sides, blinders, and we're head forward. We're winning this thing, you know? And it really was like a, it was a ring for ourselves. It wasn't just a ring for, you know, the whole thing. It was for, you know, us as the players and the coaches trying to make ourselves a name. I just thought it was one of those things where it was, it was just crazy. It was like, man, these are all all stars around me. Like you felt that energy, you know, it's just that energy yeah. in practice. You get to game day, everyone's up more. And there's, you know, there's really no slackers out there. Everybody's upbeat, listening to music, banging on the walls. You know, it, it was crazy. It's a, it's a good feeling for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, man. and, um, you know, now, you know, like, like I said, for me, you know, playing, playing with someone like Tommy, I mean, that's, that's awesome, but it's kind of cool when you are on a team like this and it's not even just the, the Albany empire. It's just in general, you know, when guys come in who maybe only played a year or two yeah, and then they are acknowledging the kicker for sure. Like, oh yeah. We got Craig the leg on our team. Like, it's a pretty cool feeling, man. And, uh, like I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that alone, just for people coming on the team, be like, Oh, we got, Oh, Craig, the legs on our team. Like, Oh, that's what's up. It's cool, man. It's definitely, uh, it is very surreal. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for stuff like that. Just those are the little things, man, the little things that I, I get out of, uh, you know, get a kick out of. And I, I appreciate because it's not always like that. You know, it's, you know, usually the kicker gets bashed on, as you know, oh, yeah. you know, we're, Oh, we're, we're, we're looked down upon and yeah. it, we're just uh, kind of taken for granted, you know, oh, that's and, for sure, man, you can make a hundred percent of your kicks all the time. And then that's the one that you miss. And then they're, you know, you got, it's like the hounds on your back. Everybody's, Oh, what about this? And then they're critiquing you at that. Oh, what if you did this, this way, right, <laughs> like right. they've been kicking for how many years? <laughs> exactly. Like nah, the game, oh God, the, the game that we had where I broke the record. Yep. Coach is like, oh, yeah, no, no deuces, huh? Like, no deuces. I'm like, <laughs> come on, dude. Like, I, I understand. Like, that's not me. Usually I average two deuces a game. Yeah. At least my 2018 season, I averaged two a game. So for me to not have any in a game, you know, Jersey, I'm, I'm not even counting. Like, that, that arena was terrible. Yeah. But it's on me. I, I'll admit, like, I'm not going to lie. I probably had about seven of those kickoffs, which were within a yard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I couldn't buy one that night and it's just how it went down. But mentally I stayed in the game For and sure. I hit all my extra points and there was a lot of them. Yeah. So it, it's just like, you can't, sometimes you're not even going to get praise for making all your kicks. Yeah. You know, it's like, what didn't you do? Oh, you didn't hit any deuces that, Exactly. You know, some, sometimes it's it, it's tough, man, and you just got to keep doing what what you could do and do the best you can. But stuff like that, it's like, come on, you know what I mean? It's hard. <laughs> right. I didn't deuces, but I broke broke a, broke a record. You know, come yeah. on. Jeez. Yeah, but first. then they'll throw in there, oh, you only tied this record though. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. You didn't beat them both, uh, though. But crazy, um, I thought it was funny though, because I mean, for me, always, no matter if I did bad in the game or really well. I feel like I always kind of would like, I guess I keep a ceiling on how I felt about it. I would never get too down, but I would also never get too hyped. Cause I feel like it's like one of those things, like it's a real, real balance game. And if you get too hyped, then I feel like you're kind of getting out of your zone. You're not as focused. You're a little more relaxed and maybe you need to be a little more tense to have, you know, be able to go through your routine the way you do. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing I always thought is it's really being that level head, cool, 
it don't matter. Like I always loved people would like rush me. And if they even got close, they, Oh, ha, 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 and, like slap me on the back or something. Like, Hey, I'll get you next time, man. You're tiny little dude. I'll, I'll like slam you on the ground. I'm like, man, bring it. Like, I'll come at you too. Don't worry. <laughs> like you got to give it back. So you're like, you know, like you ain't going to rattle me like nothing, man, for sure. That's another thing is that, you know, you're nine, 10, 11, 12th extra point. You don't want to become complacent. For sure. You know, you don't want it to, you know, take plays off. And I, I constantly, I know that they probably think I'm annoying as hell, but I remind the linemen, do not like, yo, don't take this playoff. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I always get, do that. Get the, I always get... did that. Yeah. And that's good. That's a, that's a sign of a good kicker because, or a great kicker, I should say. The good ones, it's like, oh, you know, they just, they do what they need to do. I'm always yeah. constantly on the O-line because sometimes a guy does take a playoff. And you know what? It's that play that they take off where the, the guys rush in, gets past him, and gets the block. So, yeah. I'm constantly reminding those guys it doesn't matter if we're we're smoking the other team mm-hmm. and like the points don't matter or you know it's a close game you always want to keep your old linemen on point and on check because sometimes they they might take the playoff but if you're on top of them and they know that you're back there and you know you you're trying to be great you know what I mean for sure that gives them a little bit more juice you know, all right yeah let's let's block for this guy you know what I'm saying oh, yeah. let's get this done let's get the extra point and then we get to sit out so it's it's things like that, man. It's those little things that you have to keep in mind as a kicker to stay mentally fresh, and uh, it, it 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 pays off. You know what I mean? It, it pays definitely off. Does yeah. reason uh, you know why my percentage is how it is right now, and uh, it's the reason why I'm playing at a high level right now. For sure, and like I always see whenever you post something, especially with the record you just broke and everything, um, I always see you, and I always did the same thing. When my team was doing well and I was doing well, I'd shout out all the old, you know, those big hogs up front. I'd shout out the holder. You know, you got to, because if you're not showing love to the people that are just like a quarterback, you know, Tom Brady out, out there giving, you know, big watches to his O-line and stuff, taking them out to dinner, whatnot. If you're not showing them the love that they're showing you to protect you, then, you know, I mean, I've literally had games where in the leagues I've been in, there's a lot of dudes where they, they feel like they know what they're doing. Oh, I've been here this long. I've, I played at this high school and won a natty or, you know, whatever it may be. And then they line up on the, you know, the special teams extra point and their feet are wrong and their stance is wrong. And you're like, man, you played this long, but you ain't learned a thing, you know? Right. And it's, a, it kind of comes back to that cocky edge of like, oh, they think they know everything. And, you know, and, and when there's people that are willing to sit there and listen and learn and you guys can, you know, exchange things back and forth. And really in the end, the biggest thing I feel like is communication um all comes around and will just make that perfect mold for have especially the special teams uh the punting unit that's one of the ones i think i found the most was the punting unit and just having you know the protector being on the right side and not too close to you because i've i've had ones where i almost punt it right into my protector and i gotta like shove them away and then run to the <laughs> side and kick it it's like you know sometimes it gets a little hectic back there and all that but as long as you got the right guys and you got everyone on the same page and willing to do what they're willing to do and not Olay a block because I've had that happen before. Uh, mm. Being on my guys, I'm like, hey man, be you know, be down, be down. This one guy just looked back at me, Olay a block, and almost got me nailed one time. And I, to be uh, specific, my last year in semi pro, I had a guy actually, a real good friend of mine who's a DJ. Um, we were doing a kick. It was like a forty something yard kick. It was up in New Hampshire, and man, the wind that day, it was pushing it. Like I hit a field goal on a kickoff. That's how much wind we had on this hilltop. Okay. 
It was pretty, it was pretty wild. I was like, man, I got to put this on film. Like somebody got to see this. <laughs> but for real though, I'm sitting there. I go to make this kick and it came up short. It wasn't as good. As, I was kind of worried about the line itself on the play. Kick gets up there and the line just folded right from the start. And I had seen it coming. So I like kind of hurried up and just like swipe kicked it. And I was getting ready. Like something's going to happen. I got to be ready to make a tackle or, you know, take a blocker or something. And I remember this guy coming over and just taking a dude out, one of my friends out by the knee and completely blowing his knee out. Oh. All I could think about, dude, for like literally the rest of the whole season, this guy just came back that year. His wife kept telling him, don't play anymore. You're going to get hurt. And he blows his knee out. Dude, I heard it a second it happened. And I'm sitting there, you know, basically the rest of the season, like seeing this dude roll up to games on one of those half scooters with his knee up. And honestly, I couldn't feel any more bad, man. And it's, and you feel as a kicker, I feel like you feel like it's your fault. You know, you sit there and you're like, man, if I had just hit that kick, there would have been no extra play, you know? And if, and if these guys did that, but then again, you feel like it all kind of falls back on you and being like, you know, basically the quarterback of the situation. Right. Right. It's like taking control of the special teams, you, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just always felt awful about that, but it's one of those things where it's like, man, you know, that's why you got to have people on the same page. That's why you got to be, like you said, in practice, in games, all the time, always reminding, hey, we got to do this right. We got it every time, consistency, and make sure that you guys got that on par, you know? Because that's one thing, uh, you know, out of all the things in the special team side of the game, I feel like that's one of the biggest things overlooked is just the consistent practice effort and making sure, like, when you get to game day, because there's a lot of game days I get there and, oh, uh, uh, this guy's getting subbed in here and here. And I'm like, oh, man, like that screws everything. Like yeah. you guys think it's nothing, but I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> no, it's just, an, it's another thing. Cause so our, my snapper is Phil Barnett and my holder is Prince. They're both wide receivers. Yep. So sometimes more times than not, one of them is scoring the touchdown before the extra point. For sure. That's it. You get hyped. You know what I mean? You get oh, excited yeah. for a touchdown. You've been running. So there are times I'm like, great job, good good catch, awesome. But let's get this let's get this hold in. You yeah, know what I mean? calm down now, settle back down right, into right, the game. Right, 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 right. Take taking nothing away what they just did. Yeah. But now let's let's be a pro. Let's get after this. Yeah. We'll go so on the sideline. You know what I mean? So For sure. It's like, you know, after their touchdown celebration, or whatever, I remember telling Phil it was a big. I forget what it was. It was a big kick, a big extra point. And I said, Phil, let's put our snapping. I was like, you know, great job, but let's put our snapping home and on. I was like, take a deep breath. Let's get the snap in. So yeah. he was like, okay, Craig. Like, but yeah. that's <laughs> that sometimes it takes that because now mentally he just thought of that. You know, yeah. maybe if I don't say anything, he's not thinking the snap's a little off. You never know. So, exactly. uh, you know, it's, it's always better to do it than not do it or at least mention it. So it's just the, the little things, man, the little things I'm telling you. Oh yeah. It's always those details, man. You can be uh, off by even an inch and, you know, especially even your foot placement, you know, whatnot. That was one of the biggest things I feel like I learned when I was, you know, getting into those camps and working with Pat Clark and all them. One of the biggest things I learned was when I came into the game and I was a kicker just coming from soccer, man, I still had that soccer approach where my foot's right near the ball with my, you know, my plant foot. And then I learned like, you actually got to run to like the side of the ball instead of right on top of the ball. And I mean, it wasn't that I was bad before kicking, but it just opened the whole world. Like, man, this is a totally different side of kicking a football that I, I even ever knew about. And I had watched a lot of videos, everything. It was like, no one ever taught me that before. <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. You know, you don't know until you actually find out or you're taught by somebody. 
you know? Oh, for sure, man. I felt like I was like kicker, best kicker of the world out here in my backyard at the farm, kicking at trees and stuff and over the house and barns and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then learning now there's like a totally right way to do it as opposed to my backwards, you know, <laughs> way of doing it here. So I'll get into the back end here. Is there anything, you know, to do with the team, to do with you yourself, uh, football camps, anything with kids events going on you guys have? So as a team, um, not necessarily. Uh, okay. I, I, do work, I do work personally. I work with kids, um, you know, some kickers back home. Awesome. And, uh, and I'm in Orlando right now still, but, you know, back home, even down here, like when I'm in Tampa in the off season, I work with a lot of kids down there. And then obviously, you know, I'm a personal trainer and a kicking coach up north as well. So, you know, when I do come home, I work with those kids. I get in contact with them. Um, yeah, I usually go to like Union College or Niskayuna High School, you know, places like that. Just, just work, you know, working with kids. It keeps me mentally fresh too. That's another reason I, I like being a kicking coach as well is okay. – in the off season, actually, it will be during the season because now I'm home during the season, which is rare. Yeah. Um. And but it's I'm, it's also I'm also very fortunate to be able to do that. For sure. But it also keeps my mind fresh. You know what I mean? Because then maybe I'm seeing things that I might not normally see. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh, okay. So now I'm going back to watching my film, even though I'm watching hours of film from the kids that I'm coaching. And like, oh, okay, like this. Well, lead with the knee, follow with the. So little little things like that where I'm like, Oh, okay. Keeps my mind fresh. Um, and I just, I love that aspect of it. You know, it's not only am I, you know, giving back and be able to help these kids out, but I'm almost helping myself out myself out, you know, essentially too. So it's nice. Yeah, for sure. And I, back when I was doing my stuff just after high school, I, I taught a couple kids. And like I said, I didn't know, you know, the perfect way to kick a ball or nothing, but I went out there and I was teaching some kids and stuff. And it was a, it was a fun time. Like you said, to get that other perspective, like you're not the one behind the ball at the moment and you get to kind of like, Hey, this is how you do this and show them little tidbits here and there. And it was, it was always a good experience. And especially seeing some of the kids you're teaching finally getting those balls through. It was like, I had this one dude that was so fresh. I think he was just going into his freshman year and he just couldn't get the lift to get it over. And I was like, Oh, there's like this little trick to do. And I was just like, teaching them how to get that foot under and flip under and flip. I'm like, right. just get that one motion, which isn't easy, not at all, but you get that snap down on your foot there and lock the leg and everything. I'm like, you'll get it every time. Once you get that down, and he's like, okay, man. Okay. It must've been like a couple weeks. And then finally it came to fruition and he was getting them up and over. And then eventually they were getting higher. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go, <laughs> dude. Like it was just awesome to see it. And um, you know, you feel good for them because you see the smile they have and, especially the kids' parents. I mean, they were sitting there, they were like setting up chairs by a month or so in and they're like watching him kick and everything. And they were so happy to see it. And so it's one of those things where like, it's nice to be able to get out there and, you know, besides even just teach them one thing, but even some life lessons in there where like, you know, they get down on themselves because they're having a bad day. It's like, Hey, you got, you know, you got to throw that out. You got to just remember it's every next kick. You got to just keep coming consistent and go in there. Like, like nothing happened before or like, I, I always said, I mean, maybe it's not the best advice. It's like you've never kicked a ball before. Nothing happened before, nothing, you know, there's something in the future, but you got to just go with what you have in front of you and just run with it. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I love that. It's, it's uh, when you're, when I'm working with kids and uh, they finally, like you said, they finally get it right. It clicks. Yeah. It's developing that new muscle memory. Yep. And then, like, oh yeah. And then they get it. That is so rewarding as a coach. Not just a kicker, as a coach, it is so rewarding to see that from kids 
and watching them progress through mm-hmm. the film. Cause I'm, I'm always taking film of these kids and then giving it back to them, taking notes, showing it back to them, what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, what we can fix, how to do certain things differently. And it's just so rewarding to see that and watch them progress through the weeks. I mean, that's priceless, man. That that's, it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's priceless. It's just great seeing that. And it's great watching it. And they get, they, they love it. You know, and it's like, Oh my God, like I've gotten so much better in a couple of months. It's just like, it's awesome. You know, yeah, because it's awesome to you, see that excitement. You know, yeah. You know how it is being a kicker when yourself as a part of kicking, like doing your kicking and what you need to do, you know, going through the motions and it's like you break certain barriers, Right. Sure. Meaning, meaning you develop that new muscle memory that you're just yeah. not getting the right height on the ball. Right. Or you're mm-hmm. missing balls. Right. Right. Or you're missing balls left or your timings off your tempos off. Your form is just a little off. You know, your left arms, not all the way out or, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're leading with your foot and not your knee or your plant foot. You're, you're, uh, you're planting with uh, your heel and not the outside of your plant. Just those things. And then when you start to get it, once you get it and you're like, holy shit, I got it. For you sure. watch the film and you're like, okay, like I can do this. It's, it's so the satisfaction rate is just so high. It's just like, it's a great feeling. And to see that in other people and you're teaching them that, I man, that's priceless. That's a great feeling. So yeah, man, I always feel like it's the same way. Like when I was growing up, I mean, I was terrible with grades in school i'll say that to be totally honest for the record here awful in school i wasn't like a troublemaker i just i just wasn't focused man but to be real it's like being a teacher in school when you're a teacher you care about your children and you want to see them succeed you want to see them do well happy all that stuff but it all comes down to the like the small steps leading up to them understanding the full concept or you know what's in the test whatever it may be it's all those little steps being able to as a teacher like you know, kicking, any kind of sport, school, whatever. It's the little steps that lead up to the big thing in the end to make it happen, you know? Right. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Um, but I want to take up any of your time, man. I know I've been here for a little while and I appreciate, you know, everything for you coming on today. I think we had a great conversation and um, honestly, I honestly appreciate everything. I hope you guys have a great rest of your season with the Empire, even though I don't think you need it at all. You guys are kicking <laughs> everyone's ass right now. So honestly, I've been watching you guys and it's just, it's been crazy to see you guys have been blowing everyone out. I mean, you, especially you've been so consistent with everything and out of the kicker position, you know, you really can't ask for much more except for those deuces, man. Get those deuces up, right? Uh, (laughs) I had three last games. So I I knew the floodgates were going to open as soon as I hit that first one. It just, uh, just had to get out of uh, that little two game slump. So we should be good now. Yeah, for sure, man. When I was kicking in that arena before, we had like a hockey one. So we had that big hockey scoreboard in the middle and they're always like, try and get, uh, you know, try and get it through. And I'm like, dude, I got to like curl it around. <laughs> it was <laughs> I set up all the way to the corner just to try and pin it over there. But no, nah, but I appreciate everything, man. And uh, honestly, with everything you got going, I hope all the chances come to you. NFL, CFL, whatever it may be. I want to see you on another roster. I love you on the Empire. You'll be able to be home and everything. Hopefully y'all win a championship, but man, let's get you the NFL and get you that big bag of money, right? right? That is so true. That's so true, man. Just, just need the opportunity. That's what we're waiting for, man. As always, it's Craig the Leg. Let's go kill those things, man. Kick some I big pre- bombs. Do it for the <laughs> brand, right? I appreciate you having me on, man. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, for sure. You're yeah, you're welcome back anytime, man. A kicker is always welcome in my corner. That's for sure. Love having him on because I can always. Relate. We'll definitely we'll definitely do it toward the end of the season, if not, uh, you know, before the playoffs, and uh, you know, we'll we'll talk some more football for sure. Hell yeah, man! I appreciate it. You have a great one, and good luck this weekend. Sharks, we're in the Shark Tank this weekend. All right, man. Let's see if that Shark Tank's rocking, and just keep those deuces yeah, coming. More extra points. Hey, you got to break that. Record, I know. You know? I- League record still ain't broken. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go. Thank you, man.